Hello and welcome back to Thinking About It. I'm Bob McGregor. I'm Stan Fowler. And we're thinking about things together. And Stan, um, recently there's been a circulation among uh, church leadership, um, something that uh, frames the conversation around the uh, coronavirus and the government's response to it uh, and how churches should um, be posturing themselves with the government this uh, statement has got a lot of traction. There's a lot of uh, churches that have signed it. Um, our church here in Kitchener, uh, our elders have not yet, if ever, uh, signed on to it. And there are some features in this statement that are commendable, but we're not quite sure. We've thought through all of them. And so I want to just uh, ask you, You've, you've digested it and you've had an opportunity, I know, to speak with the authors of it. So we're going to talk about that today. And Stan, can you just, for the sake of our listeners, uh, say what is this Niagara 2020 document and uh, what, what are the points where we just have to rethink it? It's called the Niagara 2020 Declaration and the subtitle is On the Liberties of the Church in Canada from Sea to Sea. So... It's an attempt to affirm the freedom of the church within Canada to to be the church and and do what Christ calls his church to do and to be what he calls his church to be. And and the the introduction to it points out some of the ways in which um, in our time the church in Canada seems to be marginalized or opposed in its attempt to, to live out our faith. Uh, to teach what we understand uh, Scripture to teach. So it it refers to things like uh, abridgment of liberty for, it doesn't name Trinity Western University, but their desire to have a law school, which got kiboshed, um, comes into play here. Uh, Talks about speech and human rights codes uh, that sometimes seem to make it impossible for us to speak the truth as we understand it. Talks about Bill C-6, the contemporary uh, bill, uh, it's passed second reading, I think, in Parliament already, about conversion therapy, which, which would appear to curtail the freedom of the church to be the church, the freedom of church leaders to teach uh, biblical truth about sexuality. Um, in other words, a kind of tyranny of the LGBTQ plus mm-hmm. agenda. So, so it, it seeks to respond to that. Also in the introduction, it names the, the current indefinite emergency restrictions and lockdowns. Uh, so government regulations that make it impossible for the church to meet in all the ways uh, that we have normally in the past. And so it attempts to, to make a public statement declaring why and how the church ought to be free in Canada today in response to those kinds of issues. Now, there, there's, a, there's a lengthy preamble with a bunch of whereases that, that talk about the, the Christian roots of Canada and talk about the, the affirmation of the supremacy of God and the rule of law in the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms, 
um, talk about the, the freedom of uh, conscience and religion and expression and so on that are affirmed in the Canadian Constitution. And then follows a series of uh, ten articles affirming the, the liberty of the church related to spiritual matters, the Bible, preaching of the gospel, doctrine, Christian family, ministers of the gospel, gatherings for religious worship, taxation, and then an affirmation in the final article that the liberties are to be enjoyed universally without partiality, no no uh, selection of a particular church to be the established church, mm-hmm. for example. So that that that's the essence of it. Sounds good to me. It does. And and I'm convinced that we need some kind of of broadly based uh, statement by the church, capital C, saying our, our king is Christ and we are ultimately responsible to him. We're called to be uh, the salt of the earth, the light of the world. We're called to be a distinct community within the wider community and our ultimate allegiance is to Christ. Now, Christ calls us to render to Caesar what is Caesar's. Scripture calls us to defer to governing authorities as far as possible. And yet, we we need to say there are limits to that. Who are we saying this to, ourselves? Or is this a a statement, uh, a line in the sand for the government? I I think that's, that's a legitimate question about the intent of the declaration. My my sense is it's, it's both a statement to the church that says this is ground that we need to protect. We need to defend our liberty in this way. Uh, we need to drive a stake in the ground for ourselves. But it's also intended to be a statement to public officials. You need to recognize that there are limits to the authority of the state relative to the church. You know, if there's a precedent for that um, in in Canada or even in uh, common law, has, has this happened before? Maybe Michael would would know more, but I, I don't recall being part of something quite like this. No, I I, th- I think it is. It's in many ways a new reality. Our our good friend Michael Haken, the historian, might indeed. Uh, uh, give us some insight on this, but I think it's fair to say that um, in the history of Canada, this this sort of statement has not been thought necessary, mm-hmm. partly because of the generically Christian right. roots of Canada. All the whereases. Yeah, and, and partly because, the, I mean, we, we've just lived with an understanding um, that, of course, we have freedom to practice our faith, added to the fact that that traditionally th- there was this huge overlap between uh, Christian values, biblical Christian values, and kind of the, the general understanding of values in, in the wider society. It's not that everybody mm-hmm. claimed to be a disciple of Christ, but but there was there was a very large general overlap, and it's only been within the last generation, I suppose, however you define generation. During during the last 
couple of decades, I would say especially, that, that we've had a parting of the ways. And, and we've had the Canadian elites and um, governments moving down roads that, that just create conflict with the church and with our understanding of God's revealed truth. Same-sex marriage mm-hmm. is, is probably the most notable um, example yeah. of that in terms of law. I remember there was a time when uh, National Geographic would list the nations of the world and in the description, population, uh, key industry, there would always be religion. This is the religion of this country. And Canada and the United States it would be Christian I don't think we're without a religion now. I do think that there is a dominant um, philosophy, if if you will, that if there was such a category in in National Geographic, it would appear as maybe secular. This is a this is country that has embraced a religion called secularism, and it means that everything else is being displaced. I think, yeah, I think you could argue that. Um, I mean, there's no such thing as as governance or law that is value neutral. Mm-hmm. I mean, laws are all grounded in, in what are perceived to be the values that we share. But secularism but, isn't neutral, right? Right. It's not really neutral. I, I think the, the challenge is if, if we're trying to describe the religion of Canada, you're right. Secularism in, in some ways would seem to be that in terms of the way law mm-hmm. is going in terms of the sort of the, the the public standards of that sort but i i would argue I, that i'm not at all sure that secularism is in fact the um the actual mindset of yeah. the majority of canadian people i agree people. especially given the multicultural background people come with their religions their world views right. but i think the architects of a new canada have a very distinct secular world view that they want to impose and that's what we're dealing with right now and that's why uh, this declaration has uh, been formed and i think we need to if we're not going to go with this something needs to be said to tell the government enough already yeah this declaration addresses issues that really do need to be addressed and um, and so I'm 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 grateful for it as a piece for conversation. As as you alluded to, I when I first saw it, uh, saw it first on social media, of course, and then I went to the website and I read it. And the um, I mean the the key people behind it are all friends of mine. So I read it and I thought, okay, something like this needs to be said, but I have my concerns at some points. And, and so I sent an email to the, the three primary contacts, all friends of mine. It said, here are some questions of mine. So now on the website, they have an FAQ section mm-hmm. for those frequently asked questions, most of which are the questions I address to them. I... I confess, the FA, their answers in the FAQ um, increase my concern. They don't decrease it. So You need to tell us, because this is only a 15-minute broadcast, can you get to that point? I'm very interested in hearing where the tension in your mind was. Okay. We may, we, may need, we may need to say a few things beyond this particular okay. podcast. But 
My, my major concern is in their introduction to it all, when they describe the, the reason for uh, such a statement, the need for such a statement, and they enlist the challenges to our faith in our day. They include temporary lockdowns for issues of public health that affect what we can do in terms of meeting as a church in the same category as things like banning conversion therapy and saying, no, you can't have a law school at a university that has a community covenant that says no to homosexual activity. Um, I, I just think it's a confusion of categories to introduce mm-hmm. temporary lockdowns imposed in the interest of public health in that category. There are legitimate debates to be had about the lockdowns, mm-hmm. about the restrictions, and whether that's the, the right way to deal with the public health issue. But it's, I, I think it's a confusion of issues to say that's in the same category as saying to us, you can't tell people to say no to their homosexual desires. That's a major concern of mine. The preamble to it with the series of whereas statements causes me some concern because it invokes things like the Queen's Oath in 1953 to... Um, maintain the laws of God and the true profession of the gospel. Mm-hmm. It invokes the, the coat of arms and the statement about he shall have dominion from mm-hmm. sea to sea. In other words, it, it employs the idea that Canada is somehow confessionally Christian. And you have to ask, what exactly would that mean? And you have to ask, given the fact that we have a new made in Canada constitution, to what extent is that meaningful? It, but it at least asks, what, what would that mean? And, and within the, the, the affirmations, the, the 10 articles, the, the one that I have questions about is Article 8, mm-hmm. which, which is about uh, liberty for, to gather for religious worship. I, I can affirm what the statement affirms, that in a case of a genuine crisis like war or plague, that the church and the, and the state the civil authorities are, both have an interest to mitigate harm, and so there should be dialogue about how to best deal with it. What, what isn't explicitly denied, but I think is implicitly denied, is that the state ever has the right to declare a state of emergency, including lockdowns, that would make it impossible for us to, to gather as usual. In my ongoing dialogue with the authors of the document, they accept the idea that there can be a declared state of emergency. I think they are pretty clearly saying this pandemic is not one of those. And so the state has no right to impose any kind of lockdown. You can understand how there might be suspicion. Uh, the government is more and more encroaching on us if, if there should come a day when they are in in open opposition to us because of our stand on sexuality you would you would view with suspicion um a, a lockdown that is related to the pandemic uh so there is some concern when you connect the dots now i think still there's a prevailing view that it's legitimate that there is a pandemic and the government is being fair in the way they lock down uh, groups in fact we're being treated 
more fairly than sports programs are still allowed to gather. So it doesn't seem like this is a case where the government is imposing on us illegitimately. But you can see where the suspicions are, given the trends that are going on in our society. I I can certainly see that, uh, but we need to respond to this uh, candidly and respectfully. And if we want the governing authorities to pay any attention to this declaration, I, I think we need to be very careful about how we phrase it. I, you know, do are there governing authorities, are there public officials who would like to find ways to shut down churches? I suspect there are. But, Certain kinds of churches more than others. Yeah, but, but we need to be very careful about such allegations. I mean, there needs to be the evidence. And I, I think we need to create dialogue with the governing authorities. Maybe this declaration can be a step in that direction. Okay. But I do well, have my concerns. We're kind, of, we're kind of out of time, but let me just uh, put this out there. Um, this is a declaration. It's not bad. It's not perfect. But would it be appropriate for uh, another one to be made? Does it, can, can there be two or more? Can a local church, in a pastoral sense, uh, write up something like we've done before on other issues so that for the sake of our own community and unity in our church, say, this is how the elders and the pastors think about this, and we encourage you to um, be patient, that kind of thing. We can definitely do that. Uh, but I, I would agree with the authors of this document. We need to find a way to, to create this as a, to create a public discussion. So I'm going to side with that, and so I've, I've said to one of the primary people, I'm probably prepared to sign it with reservations, but I, something like something like it needs to be said. Mm-hmm. Amen. Well, we are out of time. Just got started. Maybe uh, we'll we're, pick, we're always out we'll of time. We'll pick it up we? some other time. But uh, until then, I'm Bob McGregor, and I'm Stan Fowler. Thanks for thinking about it with us. Farewell.